Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan and with me as always is my man Moss and our guy Evan. How are we doing today, fellas? Hey, you know what, Ryan? I was doing really bad. Like, down in the deepest depths of hell. And now I'm doing a little bit better, man. It kind of like, you know, I'm a little cheerful now. Evan, how are you doing? Yeah, buddy? absolutely. Same, Chris. You know, I'm glad that we had a bye week. Uh, we followed suit with our Texas Tech football program, kind of took a week off, uh, kind of digested the game. But before we start talking about football, um, I just wanted to take a quick second. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about it. Andre Emmett, one of the best basketball players to ever do it at Texas Tech, unfortunately recently passed away. Our thoughts, prayers, and condolences go out to his family. You know, uh, Chris Beard put out a video, and I think that he said it really well, that uh, Emmett was a hell of a basketball player, but more importantly, it's bigger than basketball. He was a, he was a great family man, a great guy. Um, so it's 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 really sad to see someone go before their time. Uh, and, and, you know, during during tragedies like this, all you can do is, is pray for those involved. So our thoughts go out to the entire Emmett family. Yeah, I think that was very well said. Absolutely. Prayers out to their family. Um, I can't imagine how hard a time like this could be. But, um, you know, here's to him in remembrance. Absolutely. Well, but it's good to be back in the pod, back with friends, you know, get together with people, bring you out of those dark times. And Texas Tech is in dark times all over. Uh, that football game was brutal. And as you said, Evan, they took a bye week, and so did we. I think it was good for everyone to collect their thoughts, try to figure out what we're going to do moving forward with this season. And uh, I was thinking for the podcast, you know, we start off talking about that, hit it with some of the big stuff that's happened in college football the past couple of weeks, and then round it out with uh, a look forward to our conference play. Uh, with that being said, you guys want to start with, you know, things you liked, things you didn't about the game? Evan, go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, three things on my end that I, that I liked about the game. Um, number one was defense. I thought that our defense gave us a chance to win the game. You know, you look at a team like Arizona, they're a, they're a high-octane offense, they're averaging, you know, 50-plus points a game. Our defense put us in a position to be able to win the game, and our offense did not hold up their end of the bargain. Now, with that is Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks looked like an absolute animal on the field, but like we thought that he would have. Um, you know, I think that he had uh, 11, 12, 13 tackles that game. Um, he, he looked like an absolute genius on the defensive side of the ball, I was really ha happy to see him leading our team. And then third, uh, Austin McNamara. We've talked about him on the punting side of the ball. He is going to be the real deal for Texas Tech. He's one of the best punters that we've recruited in a long time, in my opinion. And everyone knows we are a big punting podcast. <laughs> this is season two of being P -P -P. the biggest fans of punters. The punters <laughs> progression I don't fucking know. The Punters podcast. The Dom That's show. That's yeah, right. It's Dom, but you're right. McNamara's been incredible. Chris, give me some of your highlights and lowlights, baby. Highlights, highlights. Offense on the wrong side of the 50. So we actually ran the ball pretty well at times and uh, passed the ball pretty well at times when we were on the uh, on our 50 and then we were trying to cross and try to you know get in the scoring position and we sucked. We just couldn't get there. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if that's really a positive, but I mean, that, that kept us in the game. It's not like we were going three and out on, um, our side of the 50. So I guess that kind of a positive, not really, um, special teams, like Evan said, that's the biggest pro. Our punting was incredible. 
that kept us in the game. That gave us a chance, you know, to actually get a safety, um, you know, and come out with a W. And third thing that I liked, um, maybe the fight of the team. We didn't give up, even though, you know, everyone was exhausted at the end of the game. No one, no one gave up. Some mental errors cost us that game big time and, you know, lack of offense. But those are my three pros. Uh, the list is too long for three cons. Number one, offense. Clearly just pitiful. I mean, just terrible. I thought our play calling also was our probably our second biggest negative. Um, I thought, and then three, I, you know, I'm going to put this as its own. The fake field goal on fourth down for mm. no reason. That ruined the momentum of the game. We could have gotten three points, been right there in it. Uh, but no, I thought that was a ridiculous play call. I saw no reason for it. Um, Matt Wells said he took the blame for that one, which I respect him owning up to it. But that that was just stupidity at its finest. So those are my thoughts. You know for yeah. sure, and those are always tough though because you know if that would have if that would have worked, we would we would be singing Wells praises, no yeah. no doubt. But damned if you do, um, damned if you don't. Yeah, at the time of the, at the time of the game and where we were and what we were trying to do, it just it just wasn't the right time to, it was to too try early. to execute on that. Yeah, there was I saw yeah. no reason for it. I thought it was the dumbest play call possible. Yeah. Well, if you want to start talking about things I didn't like about the game, I didn't like the play calling. Yeah. So that leads right into it. Hmm. Um, this offense, you know, what we're used to seeing is points, 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 and even the first two games of season, we were scoring. Bowman was, I think he was top 10 in the country in touchdowns, top 10 in the country in passing yards, in like QB efficiency, all the metrics. Our offense was humming week one and two. Granted, it was against a couple powder puff teams, but still, everyone was playing those types of teams, and we were doing great. It was making me feel good. Then we come into this game, and the play calling, it just isn't there. Uh, the things that were working, we stopped doing. Uh, that, that really just, that was my biggest negative and continues to be. Um, a positive, some individual play, like you said, Jordan Brooks on defense, incredible. Coleman had two interceptions. Um, I thought TJ Vasher, you know, down the stretch, making a big catch. Uh, you know, he's a big time player. He's always, if you need someone to throw the ball to, it's him. Um, Shine and Henry both averaged over five yards a carry. So like you were saying, Chris, when they were running it on before the 50, it was working. But I would say my biggest positive was the start of the game. They started off playing incredible defense. They got the first touchdown of the game. They shut out Arizona in the first quarter. And, you know, even through the three, even through three quarters, we were winning. And then my biggest negative was the way they closed the game. Yeah, you're right. They didn't give up. But the execution was terrible. The conditioning clearly wasn't there. Um, and that last drive that Arizona had, when they went 99 yards and only ran the ball, like, they didn't even try to throw it once. 99 yards... All running plays killed the entire game. They scored. It was game over. That was it. Now, now let's talk big picture, though, okay? Because I don't think anyone would disagree that the main problem was offense for us. The terrifying stat to me is that Arizona is 120th in total defense. Mm. Okay? We're going to put up 15, or 14 points against Arizona. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, how how can you even remotely justify that as being okay? And you call yourself Texas Tech. You're in the Big 12. Yeah, there's there's no excuse. I mean, Hawaii did a number on them, and our passing attack is much better. Well, I thought it was much better than Hawaii's. So there's I no mean, excuse. And you got to say, 
like Bowman honestly wasn't that accurate either. No, not at all. I mean, all. 30 for 55, he barely threw over 50%. Threw a couple picks. Pick, terrible um, interceptions. I mean, that he, first he, one was ridiculous. Yeah, he he didn't look great. There was no um, one even there. But it was just not what you expected to see of the offense. If you would have told me that we held Arizona to 28 points, I would have said, oh, so we won by 14? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And that's what it should have been. So what do you guys think the problem was with Bowman? Man. I mean, he he did get hurt, as we know, and he stayed right. in the game. Right, but but prior game, prior to that, he didn't look good either. I know. At the, I don't know if it was just you know the first big game with the new system, and you know this is the first time he comes into the season and everyone's being like, you know, this could be a dark horse Heisman candidate. He's the real deal. This is a Texas Tech like you know star quarterback, and you know it might have just been the first big lights game with everyone knowing he's good. You now, know, last year he comes in for an injured player. And lights it up. But this is the first time he's ever had the real spotlight on him. That that I think is a stretch, Ryan. Bowman is a confident guy. All right, I think he lives for the big moments. I I don't I mean, think he that didn't was show it up at all. It. I he didn't show up in the big moment at all, Chris. I I understand, but I just feel like he has enough confidence, and he's played in some big games, even going back to high school. I don't think on the road at Arizona really was too big for him. I mean, he performed. He exceeded expectations last year in big games, you know, against Oklahoma at home. Um, maybe it was, maybe it was, in my opinion, him not having enough time to feel comfortable in the pocket. And, you know, all credit to Arizona. I thought their defense looked much better than it did in the first couple games, especially in the game against Hawaii. Um, I think it was just mental errors. I think he got, I think he got a little bit uh, rattled too quickly. I don't think he got into a groove. Like I said, they weren't getting past the 50 very easily, and they were getting stalled, and he was trying to force some throws, and that just you know stunted the entire offense. So, But, I mean, Chris, Northern Arizona put up 41 on this team. Northern Arizona was held to how many points before half before they subbed out like most of their defense? Uh, uh, more points than we scored in the first half. Okay. Yeah, how Chris, about that? I, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to have to agree with Ryan on this one. Um and we can talk about this later. I, th- I don't think there's any question that our O-line was atrocious and and didn't give Bowman the best shot that he could. But in my opinion, Bowman looked like a deer in headlights, like this was his first collegiate game. I mean, he was missing opportunity after opportunity. Now, part of that, and, and quick segue, I thought that Yost, I was really disappointed with Yost. We're talking about play calling. But I'm going to put a lot of the blame on the offensive side of the ball, if not all of the blame on Yost. I mean, I thought that he called a terrible game, didn't give Bowman a lot of chances. But the chances that Bowman did have, if he was playing last year, he would have shredded that D. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, really and truly. I don't, I don't know if it's that he hasn't fully recovered from the lung injuries that he's had or that maybe his confidence went down. But overall, Bowman did not look good. Did he look slow to you? He looked very slow. Hey, Chris, I, I'll say this. I hope you're right because I'm a, a big Dick Bowman fan for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I got to go with everything. Deer in the headlights, he didn't look like what we we're used to seeing. And maybe it's he was comfortable with Cliff and he loved the, the system. And maybe it is play calling. But all I know is when he comes back from this injury – I really hope we get to see that kid who we think we can win the Heisman come back. Well, you're going to be yeah. waiting six to eight weeks, Ryan. So yeah, now it's only yeah, I know that's why I said when, man. <laughs> now that now the injury is the elephant in the room, and let let's hit on that in a second. But 
back to what I was saying, the offensive line. Oh, my goodness. Arizona was rushing three a lot of the game, and they still were just blowing past. Erroneous. That's bo- yeah, that's, it, that's, it's horseshit. It was unbelievable. I mean, I, I could not believe what I was watching. Uh, it's when you're when you have more linemen than they have guys rushing the ball and they're consistently hitting your quarterback, you need to take a, a look in the mirror and figure out what the fuck's going on. It's not like they were Clemson and you got, you know, uh three NFL linemen coming at you. It's Arizona. Mm. Yeah, definitely not their best game. And I thought with the addition back of Jack Anderson, I thought we were gonna see a much more improved offensive line, but that was not the case. The pocket was closing too fast, no space for runners. Just terrible overall. And, um, yeah, so let's hit on that. Like you said, the elephant in the room. Bowman, what's going on? When's he coming back? What's, what do we think? You know, unfortunately, this is year two of adversity. You know, we, we see, uh, well, heck, you know, Bowman won even our starter last year. We see Carter go down in week one against Ole Miss, and then Bowman kind of has this meteoric rise to stardom for Texas Tech. And, you know, he – he, he shreds throughout the first part of the season, you know, sets records against Houston and then eventually gets hurt. But, uh, you know, Tech better have the next man up mentality. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk about it now or later, but, you know, there's certainly a QB controversy right now going on. But one of the things that drives me nuts is that I, I've, I've read article after article that it is impossible to evaluate Matt Wells now uh, in his first season because of the Bowman injury. I call it's basically a pass. I call bull on that. It is that much more important to evaluate coaching because he has to do everything he can to get this team in a position to win games without Alan Bowman. It is that much more crucial to evaluate Matt Wells and his staff's coaching ability than it was a week ago. Yeah, because you're putting him in the same position as Cliff last season. I think that's true, but what we have to be able to evaluate is the difference between a lot of wins and good coaching that gives us a chance to win. Because if your talent just isn't quite there where it used to be, you shouldn't expect to get the same record. But you're right where we should still see them having chances to win. The other side of the ball should still be doing something. The play calling should work around the new quarterback. There should be positives that we can see. And, I mean, I have something else I just want to throw out there about Bowman. Do we think he does a medical redshirt? Does he come back this year at all? I don't think there's any question that he's coming back this year. I think he – I don't think he's redshirting. If, I mean, if we if he's out eight weeks, and now we're already at the last couple games of the season, if the season's not looking great, I don't know why he wouldn't redshirt and get another year of eligibility. I think for Bowman, for his career, for his progression, if he has another season like last year where um, injury injuries limited him and he couldn't come back, if he if he elects to take this year off, that's I don't think that's good for him. I think that he has to come back if he wants to progress his career, in my opinion. I think when I he's ready to play, enough... he has to come back. Yeah, I just don't know if there would be enough time for him to really do anything by the time he's healthy to play. Boys, I'm going to toss out a question. might be a little controversial, but do you all think that Alan Bowman just might be a little too soft to be playing Power 5 football? I'm going to say no, because the last year's injury, I mean, he got hit so hard it collapsed his lung, man. Um, and this year, I mean, he got hurt and he finished the game. That's toughness. That's I'm, also, being soft. I'm also going to say no. And the reason being is, I mean, y'all saw that hit. He got absolutely smashed. Um, 
But that is mental toughness. That is not physical toughness. All right, here's physical. I mean, physical toughness. He's been toughness hurt is three times in a year. I mean, the first time his lung got repunctured or re collapsed because he wasn't ready to come back. He did right. it anyways. And I think that's toughness. It's right. not. And then, he gets, and then thing, he gets hurt tough. again. What if he gets hurt again, man? I, I just see him getting hurt too often. And that's and that's just one of those tragic stories. Man. To be reliable. That'd just be one of those tragic stories of a quarterback that you never get to see what yeah. he actually does. So I hope that doesn't happen. I do love the mental it's toughness happening. aspect, though, because you know for a fact that he was sitting there saying, put me back in the game. I get that I'm hurt, but I need to go back out there and help my boys. And 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 I respect that. I do. Maybe, maybe some people would call it idiotic, but um, – Let's roll into another controversial topic, gentlemen, um, before we go forward. There's a little bit of a quarterback controversy on our hands. we got to work with what we got. Maverick McIver, you know, getting injured. I believe it was a foot uh, during training camp. He's out for the year, so we're down to two options. Jet Duffy, who we've seen, or Jackson Tyner, the transfer from Rice. Who do you guys got and why? Oh, my All God. Right. I'm not going I first. I think – it's kind of like, uh, you know, what do you want to do? Go with uh, the guy you know, the devil you know, or the devil you don't. And, uh, I mean, Jet Duffy was a Mr. Texas. People forget that. Mr. Texas football, Jet Duffy. Um, I mean, I really hope I, – I think it's going to be Duffy, and we saw flashes of what we thought he could be last year. You know, that Texas game, he really had us close. It was probably his best game of the year. Granted, we lost, but he put up like 400-something yards, another 80 running. Um, but it's it's going to be a tough one because Duffy does not give you what Bowman does and what this offense is set up to do. He can't throw the ball very well. He can make plays, but he doesn't make great decisions. Great playmaker, bad decision maker with the law and yeah. his playing. Now, I have, a, I have a strong opinion on this, but before I <laughs> oh dive into it, Chris. Whoa, 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 Ryan. Hey, you're the one showing me his mugshot. Okay? <laughs> oh my! Yeah, Evan. Chris, uh, I want your thoughts before I I give you mine. Oh man, I'm going with Duffy. Oh, I'm going with Duffy, man. He's got. People forget he beat TCU on the road last year. That happened. Um, he also lost the game to Texas at home last year with some terrible. Terrible quarterback decisions, which uh, I had the pleasure of watching from the front row when I flew home to watch that game. All excited. Um, I saw I, Evan. What was the name of the Rice quarterback transfer? Tyner. Tyner. I saw him play a few games. Um, smart guy. Really good football IQ. It's like if we could combine his brain and Duffy's uh, physical talent. That is our uh, that it would be the perfect quarterback. No uh, question. But that is not the situation, and we have a newly tested transfer quarterback with not any big game experience versus Jet Duffy, who's won some games for Tech, knows the system a little bit better, has actually has a very high upside if he can just make smart decisions and uh, you know hold on to the football. And not fumble it or throw stupid picks. Um, you know what? Yeah. Thing is, if, I don't know. Maybe Jet Duffy. Maybe Jet Duffy is going to be the next great quarterback for Texas Tech. 
the, the thing is for me, I don't really know much about this Rice guy, yeah, mainly because the, the kid who's supposed to be the fourth string quarterback going into the season, I didn't know much about him. Duffy, like we said, we know his upside. We also know his downside. And down the line of the season last year, you know, after that TCU game, we didn't win. Yeah. We just didn't win with yeah. him at quarterback. Now, So, like, if we want wins, can he be the quarterback? Now, I want to talk about both of them for a second and the pros and cons of both. Let's start with Tyner first. He's a guy that we don't know. He's coming into a new system. But here are the facts with Tyner. He's the safer option. He's got the he's got the QBIQ that's that's higher than Jet, no question. But he's not as athletic. He's not as an explosive playmaker, um, and and we're not as familiar. Now, I didn't get to stat check as much as I wanted to, but I read a few articles on Tyner that in his average at Rice when he was the starter, which I wasn't that many games, but I, I want to say it was six or around there, but Tyner. Never put up – or his, let me backtrack. His average was about 11, 12 points a game for Rice. Um, so, you know, how does that translate to Tech? It's hard to tell. But what I do know is that he was a little more calculated, not as risky as Jet. Now, let's move on to Jet. What are the what are the cons? Football IQ. We saw him make some terrible, terrible football decisions last year. Um, and I think that hopefully he worked that out you know, in a year's time, uh, time will tell, um, what are the pros? He's explosive. He's an athlete. Um, he's got an arm, he can run, he presents a dual threat. Um, so the long story short is that I'm going with jet is who I hope takes the range of this offense, but he has got to have the decision quality, um, much, much, much better than last year. Um, and it doesn't matter which quarterback it is. If our offensive line doesn't play better, we're done. And I'll say this. Either quarterback has a tall fucking task going into Norman to play at Oklahoma after Oklahoma's also coming off a bye week in their first start of the season. Oklahoma could have played yesterday, and we would still have a huge task going into Oklahoma. I'm just saying, it, like, the stars are aligning for the worst situation it could be. Going, oh, yeah. Going back to the, the quarterback controversy, I'm going to toss out a question. Who do you guys think is a better leader? Who can lead the offense and give that spark to the team to say, hey, we can do this, Jet uh, so f- or Rice Guy? So, for me, I think it's got to be Jet just because he the team knows him. You know, he's been around the team. He's been around them longer. He came in and like, you know, he, like we said, he got that TCU and uh, I think that the team, he, he can provide the spark also because like we said, his upside, he can make the big play and he can make that momentum play that can change the game. It's just he can do it either for us or against us. Yeah, and with Ryan, the Rice guy, I don't know anything about him. If he's averaging 12 points a game at Rice, I don't see him providing a spark. Ryan, you, you took need the, to be you a took... leader on and off the field. And, and I get we that. know, and we know that one of them is, and one of them isn't. Hey, Maybe. these guys are these <laughs> guys are dumb college kids. They're going to make mistakes, and we don't need to go into all those details because at the end of the day, who's taking snaps behind center, we're going to support. But my point with Jet is that he is the epitome of high risk, high reward. Okay, that's one. Number two, who's going to be a better leader? I agree with Ryan wholeheartedly. 
our team has seen that he can do it. He just got to be smart. He's got to trust his coaches, trust his teammates, and not try to put so much of the burden on his back. Maybe Matt Wells' discipline, you know, would bleed into him, and he's going to come out a different person. I would love to see that, man. Yeah, Making smart decisions, a little bit slower. Like, you know, not just forcing things, throwing the ball away when it's a smart decision to throw the ball away. I would love to see some of that. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a good transition. Might as well talk about the game. Might as well talk about Texas Tech going into Oklahoma. What do we want to see? What do we think is going to happen? I want to see some effort. I'm yeah. just going to throw it out there. I want to say I want to say that I hope our team comes in with a positive attitude and we don't lose the football game from the first snap. I just want to see a lot of fight, a lot of belief and uh you know saying that you know our season isn't over just cuz of you know this one injury and one loss. It's the first game of Big 12 play. Uh, you know, let's see what we can do. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm a realist. I think it's important to be honest. Do I think we're going to win this game? Absolutely not. Do I think that we could? We'd have to play a absolutely perfect game on all sides of the ball without question. Um, we're rolling into a team, you know, it's it's a pretty, pretty terrifying stat when you think about Jalen Hurts that's he has more touchdowns than incompletions this year through three games. Oh my you god. Know, he is he is balling out of control and, and our defense is going to have to step up, but whoever this quarterback is, that's going to come in, whatever Wells decides to go with or whoever rather, um, they're going to have to play a really great game to just give us a chance. Now, uh, again, if I was an unbiased party like the the rest of the nation, are we going to win? Probably not. Could we win? Absolutely. It's college football. Anyone has a chance to win on any given Saturday, but we're going to have to play perfect. We're going to have to limit penalties. Look, that's another thing against Arizona, and I'm kind of rambling now, but we regressed. We had seven penalties against Arizona. It's kind of – we saw the small same tech, a little bit of undisciplined uh, football that puts us in trouble. We're going to have to limit penalties. We're going to have to connect with our receivers. We're going to have to get our run game going. Our offensive line is going to have to step up and play like a college team. Because Good Lord, they look like a high school team against Arizona. And we're just going to have to put together a complete game if we want a chance to even be competitive. Yeah, for me, I mean, I think that was super well said. I would love to just be competitive, see the effort. But the biggest thing for me is, you know, I want to see what this defense is made out of. I'm still not sold on them. I mean, only giving up 28 to Arizona, that's good. Uh, I mean, but that last drive was brutal. We know they were exhausted. But this Oklahoma offense, like you said, not only does Hurts have more touchdowns and incompletions, but they're averaging more than 300 yards rushing and 300 yards passing per game. That's (laughs) unbelievable. They are balanced on both sides of the ball and look just about unstoppable so far. Um, So what I'd like to see is this defense slow them down a little bit. You know running the ball, they're going to be – a problem because not only can Hertz run, but the rest of the they have a couple running backs that can too. Uh, I mean, Hertz against Houston ran for 176 and threw for 330. So, yeah. I mean, we gotta see this defense commit to stopping the run. And look, I don't think look, we can stop their throwing game because I don't think anyone can. But if we commit to stopping the run, I would love to see that. Absolutely, but but listen, boys, OU's defense is not is not top tier. I mean, they're good, but they're not. They're not top in the nation. I mean, we're going to have to play old-school Texas Tech football and and outscore the opponent. We're going to have to put up a lot of points. So 
that's the unfortunate part rolling in with this offense with a new quarterback at the helm. But, I mean, really and truly, you know, our defense is obviously going to have to play well uh, and shut down Hurst, which is a, a tough enough task in itself. But our offense has to play 10 times better than they did against Arizona to give us a chance to win. Yeah, and you said that, you know, Oklahoma's defense isn't great, but are they better than Arizona's defense? Yes. Exactly. Hands down. Hands down. Yes. So we're going to need to see some explosive play calling and getting, you know, taking some chances to put some big numbers up. Because if we play like, if the game plan is like what we had against Arizona, we have, I mean, we should just say they won the game right now. Um, Another question. Yeah, go ahead. Jump in real quick. I want to just play off of what you just said, the taking chances thing, which I think leads us back to going with Duffy. But I think the only way to have a chance to keep this a competitive game, a good game, is winning the explosive play battle. You know, we have to limit their explosive plays. We can't let them be getting these 80-yard touchdowns, these 70-yard touchdowns. And we need to throw a couple of our own. We need to take the chances, have a couple big pass plays, maybe break open a run or two. That's the only way we can stay in this. I got three words for keeping us in this game. Time of possession. Time of possession. We are going to need to see our rushing attack to come back to give Jet a chance to make some big plays through the air and to give him the chance to make some big plays with his feet. Because if we're rushing the ball well and then we can open up the passing attack, it's going to give Duffy some chances to make some plays with his feet that we're desperately going to need on third downs. Because I see that that's going to keep us in the game and keep and keep Hurts off of the field. Couldn't agree more. Well, I think that kind of sums up what we're uh, heading into. But uh, why don't we take a little bit of a look ahead? Uh, we got conference play coming up in general. After Oklahoma, that's when it all begins, boys. Following Oklahoma, we got or we have uh, you know what is it? Six straight games in conference. The rest of the season, more. We got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Iowa State, that is a hell of a stretch coming up for the boys. Yeah, and uh, that could be just detrimental to the season if we can't figure out what the hell is going on on offense and, you know, at least create a game plan for our new quarterback. You know, I, I listened to Matt Wells' pre- uh, press conference, and he said that he was going to play both quarterbacks um, in this game. Do you think that is a good idea? I do not. I think you got to get one guy and get him confident. Because if we're going to have to roll with him for six games straight, you got to have to have a guy be confident. And, you know, if you, if someone gets going, you can't take him out and put someone else in. Yeah, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but I agree with Coach Wells only in the – oh, man, how do I phrase this without sounding pessimistic? I think, I think OU is more important about kind of figuring out our identity – and figuring out what works because at the end of the day, if we think we're going to go steal a game in Norman, we it's, we're going to have to, I mean, execute a hundred percent correct on all sides of the ball. So my point in saying that is that I think this game is, is pivotal in figuring out what works and what doesn't more so than a win and loss. And, and you may disagree with me on that, but um, rolling into conference play, I think that Wells is saying like, okay, we got to figure out what we're going to do for the rest of the season. Is he going to try? Is he going to go out there and do everything he can to win? Absolutely. I'm just saying that um, at the end of the day, I think that this game is going to really dictate what and how we move forward the rest of the season. Evan, you say we need to play a near perfect or perfect. I think were your words. Game to have a chance to win yeah. this one. 
Yep. But where do you see Texas Tech having an advantage on, you know, either side of the ball? Like, what are the keys to the game, in your opinion? I would love to get both of your thoughts on this. Sure. Let's punting. start. Off, let's start offense first. <laughs> let's start offense. Yeah, first. punting for sure. Our offensive line cannot get any worse at all. That's we true. only have up to go with our offensive line play. So we got to get our offensive line rolling. Um, if we can protect our quarterback, whoever it is, Duffy, Tyner, I don't care. We have got to protect the quarterback. We only have room for improvement there. Number two is play calling. We saw what did not work against Arizona, against a not even a mediocre defense, against a subpar defense in the <laughs> FBS. Okay? So we, we got to make adjustments. Yost and Wells have got to come together this week and say, oh, my gosh, that didn't work at all. What are we going to do? And, and we got to get a game plan moving forward. Um, and then three, you know, is, is kind of the unknown on offense is that, uh, like it or not, one of these quarterbacks is about to be thrust into a major role. Um, and, and they got to perform. And, and that's a lot of pressure on a quarterback. But um, and it's not just the quarterback. It's the coaching. It's the play calling. It's, their, it's the supporting cast. But the quarterback has got to play well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, what we've been doing. I'm sorry, but I think that we played a really great game against Arizona. We limited them to to points under what I thought they were going to score. Um, Brooks has got to keep doing his thing, um, and, and we got to, you know, I say we got to keep stopping the run. But I, and I know we gave up some big plays against Khalil Tate last last week, but a lot of that was fatigue, um, just because of how poor our, our offense played in time of possession, like you alluded to, Chris. But um, a near perfect game, really and truly, is. Uh, what I mentioned on offense, and then the last thing on defense is we gotta force turnovers against OU. Yeah, I think that you know, all those points are valid, and I think one thing we have going for us, Chris, is I don't think it's an advantage on either side of the ball, but I do think this is the best defense Oklahoma has faced so far. So those crazy stats of more touchdowns and incompletions, uh, you know, the they're over 300 yards on running and throwing. They're not going to be able to do that against Tech's defense if we play the way we have. Um, as we were saying, you know, with Arizona, we, we did do well on the defensive side of the ball up until everyone was too exhausted to stop a run. But, I mean, UCLA's defense is awful. They just let up 63 points to Washington State. South Dakota's not a real team. And Houston has an awful, awful, awful defense that Tulane just tore apart. So I think we do have the best defense they've, they've played against. Uh, which is a, a pro, um, but I wouldn't say it's an advantage. Uh, and like you said, offense, I don't know what to expect. So from there, I'm a little bit uh, pessimistic for sure. Uh, special teams, winning a special teams battle and winning the field position battle is actually massive. And if we can get good field position and we can actually pin them deep when we have to punt, that will give us a much better chance to have a chance to win this game. I mean, it, as funny as it is to say we're the pro punting podcast, if we punt well and pin them deep, that gives us an advantage. That helped us against Arizona so much. I mean, that, that's what got them on their own one when they had that goddamn 99-yard drive. But, I mean, that was incredible special teams play. No question. No question. So the line right now is oh, Texas Tech plus 27. Whew. Are you taking that? It would hurt me too much to not. Are you so not gonna to. touch? Are you gonna touch it? A little taste, a little taste. <laughs> oh man! What's the over/under? It's 
Oh, man, that's actually interesting. I don't know. It might. It probably is in uh, the sixties. I, I bet think. it's higher. I'm you think it's it higher up. than that? I feel like I feel like after our because uh, the under got destroyed in the Arizona game. It Every game so far. It might under, have been, under, under. It might have been corrected. I don't know if that's a you know a, a testament to our defense, but the under is set at seventy and a half points. Is it really? Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. So that means. What does that mean? How many points would Tech? That means if we let up forty, we would still score over thirty to hit it. Well, Duffy, hello. They got they got a little more confidence in our offense than I do at the moment. Same Um, here, brother. But uh, you know what? I think that if you want to if you want to nail it down to one thing where we have to get better, and I know it's cliche, and I don't want to put all the blame on them, but our coaching has got to be better. In all facets of the game. It was a poorly coached game. They got to get their crap together and move forward. They have to if, if we want to have a chance. Not only not only against OU, if we coach how we did against Arizona, we, we can go ahead and write off the Big 12 now. Maybe we beat Kansas. Really, it makes We've, you think, you know, was it was it the right move to let Cliff go? Oh, it really buddy. does make you think, Chris. It, it, makes it you really think. does. It does make you think you get to see him on Sundays now. No, I, that, that's another conversation for the no, another time, but I absolutely think that was the right decision. I don't know. Well, how about Cliff on Sundays? Hey, man, he's still looking for that first win, but he's looking pretty good out there. Hey, yeah. they are doing better again, than they thought looking, they would. He's always looking good out there, but, you know, he's, yeah. he's still looking for that first win. I'll be honest, though. They're doing better than I thought they would. Yeah. First game, tied, which is outrageous. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, second game, only lost by seven to the Ravens at Baltimore. Yeah. Covered. That's cool. Last game, awful. But, um, you know, they're doing better than I thought they would. And Cliff and Kyler, that looks like a dangerous combination for the NFL. He's still trying to figure it out, but they're they're starting to groove a little bit. I mean, his quarterback's played three games. And his best player is 45 years old, Larry Fitzgerald. True. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. Well, how about some other Red Raiders in the NFL? Uh, The reigning MVP looking every bit of another MVP season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes going up against another young talent, young prodigy, Lamar Jackson this weekend. Um, I think that game lived up to the hype, and we saw Mahomes put on a show yet again like we knew he could. Um, And we can get into some other players here in a second, but what did you guys think of Mahomes? Oh Dude, God. I, I couldn't have said it better than you just did. He has been so good once again. I mean, he's just slinging the ball all over the field, and he's looking like he's trying to win a back-to-back MVP. Uh, the, the statistics of how many times they've scored without even being in the red zone is outrageous. They're just throwing bombs left and right. No, he looked incredible. He He's just picking up where he left off, and uh... – I mean, I don't see him. I don't see him looking any worse anytime soon. He, if anything, he looks better. He looks more composed. Um, I think you know he's making better decisions, and uh, which I mean, he's really didn't make that many mental errors last year. But uh, yeah, he's starting to look like uh, the MVP once again. So yeah, yeah I mean, he's he's, he's leading so the league exciting in to yards. watch. He's probably the most exciting player to watch in the NFL. I mean, he's leading the league in in passing yards and touchdowns touchdowns again already and he's leading the league in passing yards by literally 200 yards already it's been three games 
you know who is not beating him in really any categories, zero categories, is uh the Browns. Mayfield! Yep. Mayfield! Mm-hmm. Suck yeah. it! He's yeah. Kinda suck. Yeah, he kind of sucks. And <laughs> uh, I love it. And, but, I mean, Mahomes is on pace to throw, like, another 50-plus touchdown season and throw for, like, 6,000 yards. The guy is unbelievable. Oh, man. You know, my uh, you guys know my, my team are the Cowboys and uh, went 3-0, played the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, wasn't too much competition. We didn't look good in the first half, but a few Texas Tech players there. We, we, we saw Kerry Hyder for the Cowboys. He looked really, really good. Uh, Jakeem Grant for the Dolphins. Unfortunately, he's playing for the Dolphins right now for him because they look like a dumpster fire. But um, had had some decent returns, had some big catches. And then uh, one of my favorite stories, uh, Sam Agavin. Y- y'all remember him for Texas Tech? He went and had to play in the uh, CFL, the Canadian Football League, for a little bit. And then, and then he played so well that he got picked up by the Dolphins. And I think that this weekend was his first career sack. Uh, for the Dolphins, so that was that Unreal. was cool to see. So Texas Tech makes some plays in the NFL and hopefully continue to do so. Yeah, you love to see that. The boys are buzzing. Wide receiver, you as they call us. That's right. Um, you know who I'd love to see get going in the NFL is Kiki. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, me too. he's had such a slow start to his career, obviously hampered by injuries and such. But I mean, I just want to see the guy get after it a little bit. Me too. Me too. Um, let's talk about, let's finish it up talking about some of the crazy shit that's happened in college football the past two weeks while we've been off the pod. Uh, did you guys see, you know, the old ball coaches game, Washington state? Oh my God. Yes, dude. That was the most ridiculous football game I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, the both teams hit the over. Didn't the Washington state QB throw for, or not not throw, but he had nine total touchdowns. Is that right? He threw nine touchdowns. Oh, he yeah. threw? I thought he had one rushing touchdown. The, but if that Washington, dude threw for nine touchdowns, that is unbelievable. Washington State let up 50 points in the second half. That's classic Mike Leach. That that that, that flashes back to Texas Tech for me. Yeah. You kid, put up kid, ungodly amounts of points and still lose the game. He <laughs> threw for 570 yards, nine touchdowns, and lost. Oh. Other side of the ball, DTR, UCLA's quarterback, 500 yards, five TDs, plus another two running. I mean, that game was insane. Uh, uh, they had it in the bag. And then, yeah, Mike Leach refuses to run the ball and waste clock. Refuses to run the ball. He, I don't think he has a running play in the playbook. All he does is throw the ball. And it, it came back to bite him a little bit. But, I mean, normally when you put up 63 points, you're not too worried about losing the game. Oh, man, I couldn't believe that. Um, it, it really didn't make any sense. I mean, they were up, what, 35 to 17 at half? Yeah, and just didn't doesn't understand time of possession. They could you and they still ran... put up twenty eight in the second half. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes zero sense. They should never lose that game. Uh, it's insane. And there goes Washington State's chance at making a splash in the. There, I think they were number twenty four in the country. Um, yeah, yeah. That, now they're unranked. He's gonna wish that he had that one back for sure. He's probably gonna ask some questions. Um, that one and uh, And did you see the Houston game? I did see the Houston Eric game. King. Yeah, Eric King putting on a show, but Houston falling apart to an insane ending with a fake kneel that leads up to the Tulane winning touchdown. And now Eric King is redshirting and might transfer. Mm. Hey, we're looking for a QB, bro. Dude, <laughs> I would love to see Derek King, man. He is an electric player. I'm not saying he broke the. He has the NCAA record for most games in a row with the passing and th- and running touchdown now. Sixteen. He... He is a better version 
of Duffy last year. Duffy Duffy has yeah. the the skill to be somewhat like Derek King. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that'll be a sight to see. If we, oh, I'd love that. Maybe uh, uh, maybe Bowman's gonna transfer and we get King. No, nah, I don't oh, think geez. so. I think Bowman's a tech guy, man. Mm. Tech guy through and through. How about uh, how um, about any the other Oklahoma State Texas game, boys? Did yeah. get a chance to watch that? I did. I did get a chance to watch that one. Close. Oklahoma State looks good. Much closer than I thought. Much closer yeah. than I thought. Oklahoma State is Oklahoma explosive. State should have won that game. Mm-hmm. They are explosive, man. They are. But yeah. uh, any big games this week besides the Tech game you guys are looking forward to? Man. I said the same thing rolling into Arizona, but I'm I'm just kind of beeline focused on tech right now. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about them next week, but that's really all I'm focused on and all I care about at this moment. I just want to see us be competitive, go out there and and, and give them a run for their money. The yeah, Virginia I mean, Notre Dame game should be pretty interesting. Notre Dame had, had a, Notre Dame had a chance to win last week against Georgia. Uh, you know, didn't pull that one off. That was a great game to watch. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. Uh, Kansas I think I'm and TCU. Excited. Yeah, Kansas and TCU. I mean, TCU blowing it to SMU, man. Yep. They were ranked two, and now they're not. That was crazy. That was crazy. But I think for me, I'm most interested in the Washington State-Utah game. Two mm. teams that lost last week. They were both ranked. Utah still is, but Utah has hopes that, you know, backdooring their way into the college football playoff if they could have gone undefeated in the Pac-10. Pac-12, whatever they're called these days, that's out of the window. So which team's going to rebound? Is it going to be nuts high scoring? Is Zach Moss going to be back for Utah? Is he out for a while? Without him, they're in trouble. So I got my eyes on that one and obviously Tech. Other than that, the slate, not too good this week, boys. Not too good. Yeah, the only other game I'd mention, and it just came to me in the Big 12, was Iowa State heading to Baylor. Um, Beginning of the year, I kind of pegged Iowa State to be – top of the Big 12 in contention, and we saw them lose early. Um, and I think that that's going to be a, a, a really, really good game. And I think that whoever wins that game is going to kind of propel them to to a really good really good year um, in the Big 12. So I'm excited to see that game, and, and we'll see who comes out on top. What about Kansas State, Oklahoma State? Kansas State's starting to look kind of like the real deal this year. Yeah, they really are. I mean – they surprised me a lot this year with how well they've been playing. It looks like their, uh, you know, their quarterback issues might be solved, or at least a little bit better than they used to be. Yeah, I think we're just seeing another traditional Kansas State uh, quarterback. Who is it? It's Skylar Thompson, right? Yep. I believe that's correct. Yeah, Skylar Thompson. You know, he was ten of eighteen against. Uh, who were they playing? Mississippi State. Uh, one hundred twenty-three yards, one touchdown. Just classic Kansas State, time of possession football, uh, making smart plays, something that uh, Texas Tech, I guess, was trying to mirror last week and just couldn't get it done. But, yeah, they're, they're looking like a tough out for any team in the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to roll into Stillwater and get a win, but, heck, we saw Tech do it recently. Uh, Kansas State's looking looking really good, and, um, again, I think that's going to be a really good game. I, I agree with both of you guys, so. A lot of good football coming up this weekend, but uh, from our perspective, only one game matters. Let's go in to Norman, play our best football, and give us a chance to win. That's all I can ask for. Yeah, with with that, I'd say we close out the pod. So uh, I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris.
And I'm Evan. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, fellas. Guns up. Guns up, baby.